welcome to the Two Dudes That Game podcast. I'm here with James once again, back back from a little business trip. We got you here back in the states, so it's nice, and we we got you all set up to record while you were gone, and we just we didn't. We didn't record, but you know what? Every time I try to talk to someone back home, uh, the internet was just not was not good in Curse House. I didn't do either uh, podcast this or Parents versus Gaming. All right. Well, I guess that that works. But uh, yeah, my parents were in town, so I was entertaining them and things got away from us. But uh, I think we said last time we were going to get a more standardized schedule. Um, I don't know what that is yet. (laughs) (laughs) We still don't know what that schedule is going to be, but we're going to try to at least bring in an episode a week. Uh, or every 10 days, it seems like we're at the like 10 day mark right now between episodes, but I'm going to try to get a little bit better at timing these and getting the weekly release out on the same day, but it'll come during the week sometime during the week. Yeah. But anyway, so welcome back. What, what have you been up to James? How is life? Like we haven't just talked about life in a while and just, we've been talking about games but how how is the world of James? That's what I'm really worried about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm up to about five foot nine. Uh, <laughs> things are good. Nice. You're using that <laughs> like you you doing like the table inversion. I am stretching out, shaking up my my mix here. I, I, it's all Look all in a bottle. It's all in a bottle. Ooh, mm-hmm. the lady like the new height. Uh, is, it, <laughs> is it is it growing everywhere? That's the real question. Uh, unfortunately, no. It's it's growing everywhere. I just not know the right direction. Hey, um, you know, it happens. It happens hey, to the best of us. Um, no, uh, things are good. I am officially just shy of a month outside of our wedding date. Um, I can, I should know the exact days, but you, I, you'll never remember that. Uh, so I was, I was very strategic. Exactly. 37, was, 37 more days. I was very strategic on my wedding date. So I would never forget it. We got married on 9, 10, 11. That's what, see, we're so, nine twenty three. Yeah, we're not 9, 10, 11, so it's 9, 10. Very easy to remember. See, this is going to be great. So going forward, when you have to get an anniversary gift and you, if you mess up, that means I have a week to get it together. Yeah, but I'm at, I'm at, uh, I'm going on 11 years now. So like you, you're just starting the process. So your gifts mean a whole lot more than mine do right now. Yeah, but I just, it's going to, it's going to be a helpful reminder. Yeah, it'll, it'll um, be a reminder, but, um, you know, I am, I think I am an excellent gift giver. My wife hates the gifts I give because I don't follow any budget restraint yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. So she like, we had a budget and I stayed within it and I'm like, yeah, we had a budget. I didn't stay within it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like. You got what you like, didn't you? And she's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm upset with you. I'm like, well, you'll get over it tomorrow. It's funny. Mine's like the opposite because I'll, I'll get a really nice gift, but she would rather have like a handwritten note. I mean, I think she would like, I, yes, year two, three, and four. Absolutely. Year 10, year 11. Now nah, the yeah. gift gift means a lot more now. Like yeah. those, those notes only fill up so much of like a, you know, little, little box. Like it's full. <laughs> I, we, we, I, I should kill me right now, but I don't even know how many, like we're going back to Oh, four, 2004 is when we started dating. 
So, like, you do quick math there, you can figure it out. Like, there's been a lot of notes in a box. Uh, you got me there, that's for sure. But yeah. uh, we they started dating in high school. Is, we we started dating in high school. Yeah, we you know I'm 41, so we just met a year, a little over a year and a half ago. But you know we had a little bit of a snag today. The place we were going to honeymoon, we found out it is sold out. Because um, obviously oh, that's I was not good. To one, I was going to, to one of my resorts, so we already have flights booked. So we've got to do one of your one of your resorts you know you own it you got one of those uh not my personal but the company i work for i was say why are we doing this if you own a resort we should just be living there come on man yeah you're holding out on me um, i gotta try to find a a backup plan so i'm kind of in a panic mode right that she doesn't seem to be too bothered about it which is i i still think one of my favorite vacations and again i'm not gonna name the company that you work for out there but the favorite the favorite one I went, we went to Couples in Negril. It was a phenomenal trip. Phenomenal trip. I mean, now I know, know I know the company that you guy you work for has one in Negril. I absolutely love Negril. Like that's one of my favorite places. Yeah, Negril. Did you go over to uh the bar where they dive off the cliff and all that? Yeah. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah, I mean, we loved that trip. That was our our honeymoon was was there. So in the group. Yeah, right now I'm uh, requested either Barbados or St. Lucia. So we'll see what comes. So I went to St. Lucia uh, Mm -hmm. younger. We did a family trip to St. Lucia. Um, We actually I don't remember where we stayed for that one. Um, But the volcano is awesome. Yeah. So if you get a chance or they're called Joe knows. Yeah. So the volcano tour is awesome. Just bring uh, if you're sensitive to the smell of sulfur. Bring some like nose plugs because you get close to it. Man, the sulfur is just horrible. And then like the most touristy thing in the world, they had like the the refreshing springs that they had yeah. there, like off the waterfall. But it, it's so like cemented in, like they it's not natural anymore. And we were like, no. okay, we we're gonna leave this. We 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 bailed on that one real quick. But um, the the volcano tour was amazing. And then we were there for scuba diving, so. All the scuba diving was great the whole time, but I was, well, I was like 17 or 18 or no, not even that 15 or 16 when we did that trip. So it was a pretty awesome trip. So yeah, cool deal. Outside of that though, things are good. Um, like I said, just ramping up, ramping up for the wedding. Yeah. You got a, you got a lot, lot to plan there. Lot to plan, lot to do by you. You have absolutely nothing to do except for shake your head. Yes. (laughs) And agree to anything and everything that comes through. And if, and if you ever are asked, which one do you like better? The answer is, which one do you like better? And that is not the right answer for No, her. it's the right answer. It's not. After you give your answer. <laughs> so you give your answer first because they're always going to be mad that you didn't give an answer. But then you immediately ask, which one do you like better? Yeah, I can see that. That looks good. Yeah, I think that's the one we should go with. I didn't think about it that way. It's always easier in hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Just pick what you like and let's move forward. And like, I, I don't care. Um, we uh, we had, oh, we so had enough. I, I, so you don't care then? I did not care the color. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? You don't care? And so I wife, care more about this than you? That's the conversation I, I absolutely. Well, see, <coughs> you know, that's where my wife's different. Like, my wife doesn't want, like, stay away from it. Like, I'll handle this. You're going to screw it up. So I'm like, fine. That works perfectly. I don't have to deal with anything. I haven't screwed up enough for her to get to that point. Tell me where I need to be and when <laughs> I need to be, and I'll be there on time. No, for our wedding, 
we had an outdoor wedding that was at all my parents' property. Gotcha. But so for nine, ten, eleven, we had there's actually a lot of research done by my dad for the date. And it was like the least amount of rainfall ever happens. In that that time period, my dad like looked at the farmer's almanac, went back in time, tracked and said, these two weeks are the best weeks. We found the one nine, ten, eleven were there. Dude, we had like a four day monsoon that happened four days before the wedding. Literally our rehearsal, people couldn't get like so when you drive out to my house, we we're we're not super in the boonies, but you had to go over a bridge that can get washed out. And it was totally washed out. No one could get to the rehearsal dinner at all. So no one could actually get to our house. And you couldn't get out. We couldn't get out. <laughs> well, I could get out. We had trucks to get out, but everyone else had cars. They were renting cars to come in. Yeah. Why didn't you shuttle? Them? So it would have taken forever. It would have taken forever. So, and we were also like planning on how we do it in the house. Rent so like, kayaks, guys, not cars. Yeah. Rent kayaks, not cars. So about like, 7 30 in the morning of the wedding day the rain breaks and it becomes a gorgeous day beautiful day so me and all the groomsmen are out literally squeegeeing all of the land area to try to dry it out we have these big because everyone around us is farmed so we're just and you know you know yeah. how it is you you put the call out like i need heavy <laughs> equipment we need to get this everyone stuff over here so we had industrial fans under the tent trying to dry everything out. We ended up getting it all dried. The only thing that happened is, um, so we're, you know, we're on septic out there. So you can't have everyone going to the bathroom in the house. So we got this like super nice donjon. It's like the carriage donjon out there, Mm -hmm. but where they put it, we didn't dry. So it literally like sunk and slid and it ended up resting up against one of the trees. And we're like, oh, it's not going anywhere. We're fine. It slid where it was. And the guy comes back. He's like, man, I'm really glad that tree was there. Like, so are we. Because like, it's, it's sit on that tree the whole time. And it was just there. So we're like, oh, right, we're good. That was the only thing that wasn't dry. We didn't know there. And they just planted it there and left before yeah. we could tell them where to put it. And we're like, oh, that is not going to work. Was but it usable? Oh yeah, yeah. Everything was usable. It was amazing. It was like a regular bathroom in there. It had running water. Um, it had like like you walk in, there was multiple stalls for each side. Everything. Mm-hmm. It was it was awesome. I mean, our wedding started at like six o'clock in the afternoon. And the last person to leave our house, my wife and I had already left because we had gone to the hotel to get ready to go on the honeymoon the next day. Mm-hmm. We were told the last person to leave our house was 5.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. Like, that's how long it lasted. And I was like, well, at least they had a good party because we were out at, like, 11 o'clock. Like, we got to get some sleep. We got an early flight. I'm done. This has been a long day. Anyway. So, nothing else there. It's been an interesting week, man. uh, I'm on vacation. So, finally took a vacation in the first, first time in two years. Hey, congrats. And, uh, you gotta use those hours. Stayed at home. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna lose them. So I gotta use them. Had the kids home. It was nice to have a staycation. Like, I hadn't done yeah. one of those in a long time. So, you know, we did a bunch of the you know, local stuff with the kids. Didn't end up getting to take them to a movie, but, you know, that happens. Of course, my daughter, the day 
we want to go to the movie she like starts coughing and everything i'm like oh great we gotta get her tested yeah she ended up being negative for everything but you never know so we did like an at-home movie day that they ended up liking so it's been fun so i'm still on vacation i still got still got tomorrow today's thursday i got tomorrow and friday i'm back on monday so and monday's the first day of school for the kids and then the house is good i don't even know what i'm gonna do like working from home and have no kids in the house it could be so quiet could be crazy could be interesting i'm gonna end up going into the office because i'm gonna just be bored <laughs> like nothing going on at home anyway we'll i guess everyone came here more for games not our life story right i think that's what's going on <laughs> I mean, it is two dudes the game. We do occasionally game. game. We do occasionally, but uh, so the first thing that we we kind of talked about, and I I I don't know how much you're gonna want to talk about this, as we were saying before, because if anyone knows or no, not everyone knows, we pretty much talk about all these topics way too long before we start the podcast. Yeah, true. So, um, embracer group. We had mentioned this before on one of our other podcasts, or this podcast, the other name of this podcast, I don't remember. I, yeah, I think so, yeah, back in the yeah. day when they were first starting to buy some stuff up. So they were starting to buy up a lot of intellectual property, specifically. And they just bought a new intellectual property, which is kind of confusing, and neither one of us can agree on what they actually bought. But they went after Lord of the Rings, which is super interesting. Because you have the video game that's about to come out, and you also have the TV series from Amazon that's about to come out. And we know that they do not have the video game or the TV series. We've confirmed that from what? Engadget? That was one the one you had from there? Gizmodo. <clears throat> Gizmodo. Yeah. yeah. And then The Verge has it here that they, they had bought them up. But this is kind of interesting because these guys are buying up everything. Some of the things they've bought up in the past... Uh, games, um, you know, companies that own different things. So what franchises do they own? Little Nightmares 2, Goat Simulator, Destroy All Humans, Time Splitters, Time Cop, Darksiders, uh, Saints Row, Duke Nukem. I love Duke Nukem. I wish they would make a new Duke Nukem game. Borderlands, yeah. Vellum, Killing Floor, and Tomb Raider. Like, they've got a huge group of games, and they're relatively unknown unless you're in the gaming scene like you pay attention to it mm-hmm. what do you think about this them buying that like what what what's um, how do you feel there and how complicated first, do things in the future get you know they they keep talking about that you know everyone's comparing it that disney did the same thing and in my opinion some of the ips that they bought whether it's lord of the rings tomb raider deus ex you know some of these some of these games and and ips that they bought I I love them. And if that means 10 years from now, I have a handful, more handful of games done by people that are actually going to put the right, you know, if if they are following this Disney plan and they're going to take these IPs and send them to develop at studios that, you know, it doesn't mean like, like we, you know, you talked about before, it doesn't mean Embracer Group's the one making the game. They just own the IP, right? So if Xbox new studio wants to make a game or if Sony PlayStation Studios wants to come out and make a third, a third person action game and lord of the rings you know uh, you know unfortunately as an xbox fan playstation owns the world on those third person action rpg games and i'd love to see a lord of the rings in the style of like a last of us or god of war type of gameplay and if that means that 
I'm more likely to see something like that come out than I'm excited about Embracer. I don't see really anything. It doesn't seem like sleazy, like I'm nervous about Tencent buying stuff up. Yeah, I think it's definitely a little different there. You know, obviously, your you know, Microsoft has been buying stuff up. Sony's bought stuff up. But they're well-known in the game and the top guys. These guys don't even crack the top 10 biggest companies list. And they're buying yeah. up some massive IPs and, and companies in the process. So they're going to be a force to be reckoned with here soon. And the question is... Does this Lord of the Rings push help them? Because you now have, it's almost like they're going to ride the coattails of the Amazon uh, uh, release. It's the timing makes perfect sense. Like the rings of power, the rings of power coming out. And now we're going to buy this and we're just going to piggyback some form of like game because they obviously can't use the ring of rings of power universe because Amazon owns that. But yeah, can, so the, people the, be interested and want to buy something. It's it's very confusing. You know, we talked about there's a lot of IPs that change hands, and you just assume they own the the whole IP. For example, uh, George Lucas owns Star Wars. Disney bought it out, so everyone knows that Disney owns the Star Wars IP. And then they, you know, for all intents and purposes, they decanonized what's called the now I think the extended universe. And everyone kind of understands, okay, that's this extended universe and they've got their actual canon and Disney came out and said everything going forward, game, movie, TV show is all part of canon. So it all has to go book, everything, everything's canon that comes out officially. So what, what I find interesting with this acquisition of Lord of the Rings is that immediately most people think, oh yeah, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and all this stuff, but no, they don't own that. Apparently they have purchased um what is it called the uh what's the name middle earth enterprises is owns lord of the rings but they don't middle earth enterprises somehow has nothing to do with peter jackson's lord of the ring trilogies and the hobbit trilogies um or the uh shadow of mordor shadow of war video game that's all wb they own that's all part of the peter jackson timeline uh I'm not sure uh, where the Amazon falls in that. I think that's also part of the Peter Jackson world. Yeah, they got through some kind of loophole in order to do their thing. Yeah, there's some weird loophole when it comes to... So this is... Now, I will say this. Everything that they make going forward will be based on the books. And remember, the Peter Jackson stuff definitely deviates a lot from the books. And some obviously, you know, it's one book. It's not even that big. So, no, it's not. you know, he he made this huge world based on that book. So it's it's its own world kind of. So this the they are basically sticking more to the book side. Now, does that mean that a great Lord of the Rings game comes out and it's not based on the movie? So that gets confusing. Or do people accept it? Yeah, I I don't know where we stand there, but it, it is super confusing that when you hear that they bought the Lord of the Rings, then to read further into it and realize that that does not include those movies in that universe that is what made it as popular as it is today. It, like you said, it's but it, the it fact really the confusing. fact that you think of that at the time, <clears throat> I think is going to help them moving forward because they're just going to piggyback off of that, put out whatever game they're going to have. And most people are just going to assume it all lines up. 
they're going to play the game and they're going to be like, oh, this is kind of weird. A great example is the Witcher games, the Witcher series, that they've licensed the rights and they own this world that they've created from the writer. The writer has gone back multiple times trying to sue CD Projekt Red because he has his own series of books. And they're like, well, we've deviated enough from the books. So then he sold his idea to Netflix. Obviously, Netflix made the TV show. Now, just like you you said you're going to see here, the average person watches the Witcher TV show and sees that, wow, he looks very similar to the guy in the game. So that obviously must all be the same world, but it isn't. But like like you're saying, for all intents and purposes, the average yeah, person but there, think they're all connected. Uh, there's definitely like, and, and it's hard because you, you create a character like that. And, and the Witcher is a good example if you've seen it in. Yeah, the story deviates, but the character is still the same. The the, the whole premise of that yes. character feels right I, to where you can believe it. Correct. And and I understand that, that, that you know, if people are listening to this, they can say, well, the book cover, that's what Geralt looks like on the book cover. And I understand that's how the video game got its got its ideas. But at all intents and purposes, hopefully, hopefully with what they do and what Amazon's doing or whatever else WB is going to do going forward. I think EA even has a mobile game that these guys won't own. Um, I think that the game greatly helped set up the Netflix show, but then the Netflix show in turn, because it was popular and very well done, it made the game more popular again. They comp- yes. they, they complimented. I mean, I went back here. I went back and finished all of them. Like I, I hadn't played the entire Witcher series, but after I watched the Netflix show, I was like, Oh, you know, yeah, let me, let me go back and play the games again because yeah, fighting monsters is fun as Geralt. Like he's an awesome character. He's a badass. Um, they also own, I want to throw this out. They also own uh dark horse comics. So Hellboy, sin city 300 and the umbrella Academy all fall under embracer now. And then they own several physical game publishers, uh, card games and board games. So, I mean, they are broad and buying up a lot of different things. And the Umbrella Academy is pretty good. It's a good show. Yeah, yeah it's a good show. And so. they, I didn't realize they bought out Dark Horse Comics. I, I had no idea that was under the umbrella until I read the article here. Um, this is from The Verge. Ash Parrish uh, wrote this article. Um, so, yeah, interesting stuff. A uh, lot of lot of companies being bought in the last couple of years. You know, it's it's been yeah. a lot of purchases and a lot of movement. I mean, they started this what about three or four years ago. They did. Yep. So. So, like I said, I, I'm I'm not. You know, I know pre-show I was jumping in, being like, "Whoa, hold your horses!" It's not the Peter Jackson, but I'm still excited. I'm still excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see what they do, uh, and I just hope. The only thing that's going to be sad to me, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Why are they purchasing all these IPs if they're not going to license out these IPs to make more games? So it's so weird there. You're not just purchasing to sit on them. But you know what's interesting? Yeah, I know. I agree with you 100% there. But it's always interesting that like, so you have the Peter Jackson stuff. You have these guys and you have the other guys. You have three, three people that own this intellectual property. But they all like use the same names and all the different yeah, like stuff, and it's like, confusing. how in the world does that not fall under like the universe? Like, oh, we have this. Like, it's just so intellectual property law is so scattered and random and hard to understand. Yeah, that it's like if you own it, 
and people want to buy it, just sell them the whole damn thing to stop making it so confusing for us. Like, stop breaking off pieces and all different kinds of stuff. It's just once yeah. it starts passing hands, this stuff gets confusing. It's I go back super, to my. It's, it's confusing to to talk about this because it's like, okay, well, they can both make it, but it's different stuff. Meanwhile, every time Disney wants to bring in Spider-Man into their into their MCU, exactly bend over backwards. Yeah, and work a deal with Sony. They can't just. So they did say in this article is when is disney going to just buy embracer because it is such a small company and it is buying up a lot of different things it's like when does disney walk in and just say hey we're just gonna put all this under the disney umbrella and we own it now so there's always disney in the background to buy everything anyway uh, i don't see anything there that would interest disney at this point um disney has been talking that they need to cater more towards their older audience so a Lord of the Rings, like being able to do their own thing there, maybe I I don't know. But you don't also just, don't know what just other your big boy pants and and put on your big boy pants and and start making good Star Wars movies. Well, I mean, I'm 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 not a I'm not a Star Wars guy. I'm a Star Trek guy, so I don't really care. Like, okay, buy make Star another Trek one. Yeah, buy Star. Trek. Well, no, don't screw up Star Trek. If they own both of them, they're gonna have to decide which one they put more time into, and I don't want that. No, let them let them be like Microsoft. Buy some things and let them keep going. I I like the Star Trek universe right now. I think they're doing Disney won't Disney. I mean, Disney will not will not try to lose control. But you could could you couldn't see like the Tomb Raider like Disney World like like a whole say, world yeah. in Disney of all around Tomb Raider. Like bring a female character to play. Like they don't have like well they do they all their princess movies. But I mean, think about like an older female <laughs> character. Yeah, I like how you got yourself there. Well, they they used to have really like the damsel in distress princess characters. Now they have like Moana and all of the good characters now, which I like my daughter to watch more. But you also go back to play. I have a son as well. And it's like, man, there's not a lot of movies for him out there now either. Like that have a strong male character. And it's just like it, 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 they go back and forth on what they have. But I could see a Tomb Raider like space at Disney. Like I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely could pump something in like that for sure. It would just like a Tomb Raider roller coaster. Right. It'd be like, you know, it'd be like a uh, uh, yeah. doing um, what movie? Indiana Jones ride yeah it's all they have um you know what i do find interesting i know you're a star trek fan does that mean that you're an orville fan um no i just like the last couple star trek movies better than star wars movie no but do you have you seen the orville no so seth mcfarland loves star trek wanted to really get involved in it and basically they just wouldn't give him the time of day he was in one of the star trek series he was yeah enterprise right Enterprise. So he couldn't get involved with creating his own show. So he literally made his own show called The Orville. And it is like no, I'll classic. Watch it. it is like classic The Next Generation. Well, they just had season three. First, I think it was on Fox. It was on TV. Then it went to streaming on Hulu. It took them three years to make season three between COVID and rights and all that. And he just announced. Now, everyone kind of thought the show was just going to ride off into the sunset. Season three doesn't really have a closing ending to it. Um, and he just announced last week that they are moving to Disney plus. There and everyone's like, Whoa, what do you, what do you mean? And told and you Disney looked, buying everything. And he looked excited about it. Now they didn't say that they bought it, but I can't, I don't understand why it would be on Disney plus if he, they aren't buying the rights to it. 
Well, you could also work out streaming deals, like streaming deals. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Like Netflix does. We don't own your property, but we allow you to stream but, there. And Disney has to grow there. Hulu, Hulu bought it. That's why it was on Hulu. Yeah, but doesn't Disney own Hulu now? Isn't that oh, under the? Yeah, yeah, isn't it Disney, Disney ESPN, Hulu? Hulu? ESPN, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's Maybe why. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Maybe they're just so, adding it to the thing. Yeah. But anyways, but, like but then think about like, it. They're 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 cannibalizing their other streaming service. Correct. But, I, move but it over. I would like to see them support that for one final season. And, and if you haven't seen it, it, it really is. It's a it's just a fun show. It's yeah, like, I'll watch if you it. like the next generation, it's that style with a little bit more humor. Yeah, I'll definitely take a look at it. Moving to a little different topic than what we normally talk about, because, you know, we are scholared, scholared men. You know, we have a lot of education and we learn it real well from the books. Um, I, I threw this article over to you. I did not really think we were going to talk about it on the podcast, but I want to bring it up here just to let people know there is a cool article um, on some of the uh, eight books That'll challenge, deepen, and change everything you know about video games. Now, I'm not one that reads a lot of books on video games, but here are a couple that are cool. There's one called The Game Console 2.0. It's a photographic history, uh, so I'm assuming not a lot of words, so it'll be good for some of the people we know. Um, From Atari to Xbox by Evan Amos uh, is a chunky photo-forward archive of over 100 consoles sliced into shiny plastic layers. So I don't really know what that means, but I'm intrigued by it. And I, I do like those books of like just being able to look through all of the old pictures of what the consoles yeah. usually look like. And I'm hoping they do like breakouts of them, like what the internals look like, like take them you know apart and see all that kind of stuff. You know, what's interesting. I've never really talked about this on here, but I live right next door to the video game museum. And it's fascinating. Okay. It's basically this book, what you're thinking you want this book to look like, that's what's there in person. Why haven't you done like a live stream of you going through there? Play all where's that at? Old consoles. All right. So here's the thing. I'm saying it now. This is what we're gonna do. You're gonna go get Uh, get there. Master Shadows and I went there once and we we ran into um who's the architect of the PlayStation? I I don't know. Um so while you look that up he was there this is what we're gonna do you're gonna go get permission to live stream your trip through there while i'm on and we're gonna walk through all of it and we're gonna have a podcast on i mean going through that whole thing hey honey i have to i have to fly out mark cerny mark i'm not flying right now and getting covid and all that stuff i'm gonna fly out and we go i don't fly episode with him i don't fly I i don't do that i'm not i'm not uh not afraid of flying but i don't like flying so if i don't have to i don't yeah it's the national video game museum it's uh it's really cool that is pretty cool anyway the next one is called blood sweat and pixels um what is this a triumphant tribute story uh stories behind how video games were made so that's super interesting. And this is by sure. Jason Schreier. Jason Schreier. going to be a yep. great read, which I find it interesting that Kotaku is... Uh, Kotaku. Kotaku is, is... Yeah, I'm sorry. One. This is an article from Kotaku. I should have said that but earlier. But I, I think it's funny that Kotaku is, is uh, showcasing his book because he uh, left Kotaku yeah. by their, some of their business practices and did his own thing. Obviously, for those in the video game industry, if you hear any kind of stories 
that are real, not just the rumors off to the side, um, any kind of, you know, whether it's work balance um, with the with the way that the companies handle something that happens internally, the Activision stuff that was going on. Usually. Well, one thing we didn't I didn't bring up one thing we're not going to talk about in this podcast, but we're definitely going to talk about in the next one when more information comes out about it, because I'm not one to like throw stuff on right away. But Nintendo is being accused of a lot of stuff right now, um, which I'm shocked it's coming from Nintendo for sexual harassment and things like that. There's multiple articles out there that just came out. I don't know if they're true, which is why I didn't pull it into this podcast. But if the news keeps going the way it's going, we'll definitely probably be the next podcast pretty big on that of Nintendo really hitting home with uh I'll I'll say the the lady they didn't put her name in there and I'm glad they didn't. I hate when they name people um in that for these types of things, but said uh the testing area was like a frat house. Yeah. And uh so I'm I'm very surprised for Nintendo to be the next one's named here. Um so again, I'm going to let the story unfold a little bit more before we go out there and just blast <clears throat> people. But um, that will probably come pretty soon. Yeah, I'm just going to go through a couple of some more of these uh, masters of doom. Uh, the two guys that created an empire and transformed pop culture. Um, so that's another one all around the doom series. David Kersher wrote that one. Um, the immersive enclosure virtual virtual reality in Japan uh, written by an MIT professor, Paul Roquette. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, with all the metaverse stuff going on right now, and then mm. Japan always being kind of ahead of the curve in some of the re- virtual reality stuff, uh, you know, what's what's going on there and how that looks. Um, you mentioned this one, um, Plowing the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> Um, by Richard Powers, title. Plowing the Dark. Uh, again, another one on VR. It's another thing about VR. Um, so this one more around, it's not explicitly to video games, but it's all around VR and how VR started. And uh, I think more on um, just kind of more of like war and prison and like using VR for stuff like that. and. Just yeah super interesting yeah i'm not quite like sure a, where that's black going. matter is that what that show's called yeah like, like black matter yeah, yeah yeah it's like a it's like an episode of black matter turned into a book so i think that would be a great yeah. one uh what do we have next simeon cyborgs and women um a reinvention of nature by scholar donna haraway um, it's a collection of essays about nature and the strange creatures there within writing from 1978 to 1989. Um, so that might be interesting. I don't really know that that one didn't really interest me too much, but with the way things are going now being binary thinking and all that other kind of stuff, this might be an interesting read. Yeah. Um, virtual cities. This was one that was kind of an atlas that an exploration of video game cities. That one seemed really cool. Like that, I would it love cool, to see like to have a, yeah, an atlas of all like forty-five different video game cities. Yeah, and then it's uh, it was all crowdfunded too. So this whole yeah. that whole book was crowdfunded. Um, yeah, it's forty-five different cities, uh, places like Raccoon City and Silent Hill, and le- like legit 
cartography skills were put in and drawings were made of all these cities, not kind of like the regular maps that we're used to for video games. Yeah. Um, so they put some time into that. The next one was Okami's official complete works by Capcom. Capcom wrote their own book, which is really yeah, kind of cool. It's, it's an official works on the game Okami, and the problem is, it's funny on this. They they even they even say that it's out of print, difficult yeah. to grab a copy. eBay. Uh, I'm sorry, I put it last so you wouldn't get mad at me. Yeah, the right says. Yeah, so um, thanks you for find it. That we can't have. Well, I mean, there's always eBay. Like you might be able to find a copy and. If you have a used bookstore around you, you never know who what you find in there. I go there all the time and find great books that people just get rid of. Yeah, that they've had. So that's all of them. Those are the eight books there. So um, didn't mean to bore anyone that didn't care, but it was just super interesting. And if you have time, you know, put the controller down and go read something. You can read about video games. All right, can we get into our kind of our main topic here, or what? What do you want to do? You want to get into the main topic? Or do you want to talk about Dr. Disrespect? I think we should talk about Doc first. All right. So uh, most of you know from our last last podcast that that listen, um, this is the first time, go back and listen, and then come right back. Um, No, you can stay here. But Dr. Disrespect, if you don't know who he is, he's one of the largest streamers out there. You haven't been. If you don't know who he is, then thanks for listening. I, I, I got his book. He has his own book as Dr. Disrespect and he's making his own video game. He just kind of released the first look at his video game. And the characters are very unique. Like the, 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 the styling of the characters. And if you go to their website, you can take a look at what we're talking about. Um, so about three, four days later after he, launches his first look at his video game and again it was not even alpha i don't even know what you call it and they put all these uh art drawings out of what the art style is going to look like and they did that back in july they did that back in july all of a sudden call of duty has a new skin out that looks absolutely identical (laughs) to Dr. Disrespect's dead drop skins that he has. Like, I mean, identical. Correct me if I'm wrong here, because if I'm, if I'm off base, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, I'm looking at these two things, and it is damn close. It's super close. They took the ghost skin in Call of Duty and skinned it the way Dr. Disrespect's skin is made. Now, what's interesting is the person that is making the game with Dr. Disrespect is a former Activision and developer for Call of Duty. And it's been his profile picture since July. Uh, that's Robert uh, Bowling, I think he said. Yeah, Robert Bowling. He even tweeted out right at, after this came out. At 402 said, is his Twitter. So at 402 Robert Bowling. Uh, all spelled out, not numbers. Yeah, all he, spelled out. But he... He immediately just tweeted and everybody knew what he was talking about. He goes, at least name it after me. It's literally his profile picture that he's had since July. And Call of Duty releases the skin. They just, it, it just, it, it, it's, it's lazy work by, by artists or whoever's doing this. In my opinion, it's just lazy work here. It's, it's 
point blank, not only are you point blank ripping something off, you're ripping something off from someone that's over the top popular. Playing your game. Like playing your game. Dr. District's like plays their game. Maybe not every day, but he was one of the biggest guys. And I know they had their falling out with him when the whole Twitch thing happened. And they kind of, you know, he he's even said multiple times, Call of Duty also kind of just washed him aside. But I think the most interesting part here is I pulled up a couple of Reddit things when I first started reading this. Um so guys did pixel samples on the color blue, the holographic color blue. It is the exact same color. So when they're pulling the pixel samples, the colors are exactly the same. <laughs> so, I mean, e- even there, it's just like, use a different shade of color. Like, come on, guys. Like, you, you could have changed yeah, it a little not, bit. Like I said, it's super late. I mean, they literally just pled guilty to a, a case. Um that their artists were ripping a skin two weeks ago. So if there are, yep. ple- so now listen, I, I want to say this with a caveat. Do I think everyone at Activision blizzard and infinity ward or Raven or whoever's working there is, is horrible. No, I think that it's one, it's a handful of artists that are fucking lazy. And they don't really want to do the work anymore. Well, so and they're just popping. So because, I think, uh, I think obviously that's not everyone involved in developing the game knows that this was even put in. So I think there's two sides of that. I think, I I think you are correct on the one side of it's lazy work, but on the other side, you know, is it just also, you know, Activision Blizzard does not have a good reputation for being great to their employees. So are they under the most ridiculous deadlines to pump out as many skins as they can, that they're just don't have the creative process time to make something new. So they're just finding stuff. And they're putting it out there to meet a deadline. Like, I know that you could say that's lazy at the same time, but it's also the creative process takes time. Like, you don't I mean, just come time, up with but, stuff. But listen, here, here's what I'm saying. If, if, I'm the, if I'm the in charge of the art department or whatever for putting out this stuff, I would much rather deal with, okay, you guys, don't, like, let me go on Twitter. Let me, let me post a thing. Here's a competition. Uh, I'm going to give, you know, $10,000 to anyone that comes up with a new skin. You, how many how many people yeah but they've they will never do up? that they'll never do that but i'm just saying that's lazy they won't they well, won't do that at least you're getting original and you're paying for this you're you're ripping not only are you ripping off stuff off other people you're ripping off popular stuff now could you go the could you go the other off. way though here playing devil's advocate that dr disrespect skin looks way too close to ghost like that skull that they have there completely opposite looks way too close to ghost no, it looks more like something from the game Warface, which is a free-to-play shooter as well. But again, there's no unique idea out there. Nothing's unique. No, it's, it's all been done before. But again, to have the same coloration, I would say that that um, that uh, Ubisoft has, has a good argument for Ghost Recon skin. That looks like a Ghost Recon face more than it does the Ghost face on Call of Duty. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. No one thought about that because Ghost Recon is not really in the picture right now. Um. Anyway, just another thing hitting Call of Duty and I just it's just kind of sad that we are where we are here and we're going to go ahead and move forward and we're going to talk about good things to come to Call of Duty or things 
we hope that are we good. hope we that pray, are going to be good. So on Game Rant, going to be good. Um, I'm not good. Diaz D'Angelo, Tino, Diaz Gino, I don't know. Dominic from Game Rant uh, actually gave me the idea when I was reading this article, and I'm not really going to go into the article because I'm more I, I more want to ask this question to us. Um, and his question was, what features do Warzone players want to carry over to Warzone 2? We always have the discussion about the things we want to fix. Like that's the easy discussion, but what don't we want to fix? What do we want to stay the same in the game and and not, you know, in in your mind change the fundamentals of Call of Duty? We can get into some of the things that we may want to change. Like how how do we want that to look and I'll I'll pose that question to you cuz I I know what I want to have stay. So what what do you want to see stay and then we'll you know, go from there. This is a very un, this is a very unpopular opinion. But I'm going to I'm going to say something I think should stay because I'm tired of everyone complaining about it. But I think that this simple thing is something that has separated Warzone a little bit from the other battle royales. And that's slide canceling. What well, it just seems like too many people want it removed. I think you should just I mean, people figure out how to do it. Do I think it's do I think it's realistic movement? No, but it makes the game fast. It's fair to everyone. I see. I don't have a problem with cycling. Cycling. I don't. I don't either. I, so, I don't mind so it. I would, like them to, I would like them to keep it now. So snaking needs to be taken out of the game. Like that's one thing, but that's also that's a slide canceling mechanic used against a wall. Yeah. So like. Are they do they want slide canceling taken out for the movement sense? And you're saying for movement alone, but if you keep slide canceling, you're always gonna have snaking. So like that's the whole thing is like I, I would be one that would say just take it out of the game completely so you can avoid and if you don't know what snaking is, it's when you get up right up against the wall and you continue to slide cancel on the wall and no one can see your head. It's basically utilizing a head glitch on the wall. That's a big issue in uh, competitive play, Call of Duty in general for years now um, that there's a gentleman's agreement that they won't snake. But every yeah. year you get, you know, claims, oh, he was snaking, he wasn't snaking, and, you know, you can't prove it. But um, I, I don't I don't have a problem with it in the game. I don't think... Oh, look, look, I'm not good enough for it to matter. Like, at the end of the day, like, if a guy is snaking on a, on, on a, a cliff or on a wall... He's a better player than me anyway. So he's probably going to yeah. kill me regardless of if it's in the game or not. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think you're definitely on, on something that I, a lot of people wanted out. Um, simple thing I wanted them to keep in the game, the loadout system. Like, don't, don't drop the loadout system all of a sudden. Um, keep that there. That I think that is I do think it should be super more unique. Well, I, they've changed it back and forth and gone expensive and cheap and... Wherever it may be, I think you have to find that ground based off of the resources that are in Warzone 2. Like, are we collecting cash? Like, what 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 are we doing? We don't know. It's supposed to be a whole new uh, game ground up. I would assume I, it's the same premise there. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I imagine they're going to keep the other game mode. There are people that exclusively like that. It's still very popular. It was never... I always would... <laughs> I'm such a... I'm no, no, you're talking about... Person. You're talking about... um, What's that game mode? I can't even think... It, it's just about getting the money and getting the first yeah. the highest level. I That's am just, such a horrible person. I literally went in there to practice sniping. Yeah, I think everybody does. I do it all the time. 
but there are hand. Well, hand that's also a good mode to level weapons. To level up your weapons. So yeah, I use that so, to level up weapons a lot in there as well. Oh God, what's the name of that mode? We used to play it all the time. The loot mode. Yeah, I I can't believe that's, that's how long we've. Even. Well, so I had a friend today message me. So they're all playing Call of Duty tonight, and she uh, she messaged our, our group chat and was looking at it, and it's been. 250 plunder. plunder there it is 253 days since we played call of duty wow 253 days and we are playing it every play night it every, day. Every, every night day. yeah um cool so okay so we have loadouts i want to keep in there maybe a little tweak to how they are but i the, I, I think it's just such a unique thing to the game like you can loot on the ground, you get enough cash, you're able to buy one in. But I, I think I do like the make it cost more because it means something. I would like them to make that it point. cost more. I would like them to keep the loadout drops that come on certain circles. I would like that you can't even buy a loadout until the free loadout. No, I hate. I hated that. I hated when they did that. No, if I get enough cash, I should be able to buy it in the beginning of the game. Like make like not a chance. I hated when they did that. I think it was like for like three weeks there, they change it to where you can't buy anything until it, the free one drops. No, no, I hate I hate that. Then just make it a free one, and that's it. That's all you get. You I get your like, one uh, loadout drop. I there is something I would like them to keep but change. Okay, can keep I talk but about change. That? Yeah, you. you, it's, you it's half been, of this uh, is yours, so you can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> It's uh, we've been playing a lot of PUBG, obviously. And what makes PUBG unique to me as far as their map layouts, there are certain game mechanics that are only available on certain maps. And I think that's super unique. I, I, I do wish that Warzone would have more than one map. I think the game would benefit if they make Warzone 2. I'd love to see them introduce a new map every six months. I would rather have that than implement a all the guns and weapons of the next Call of Duty that's that doesn't line up in the genre. Oh, they're never going to do that again. That that was Um, that was a bust. I think having multiple maps would be huge for Warzone. I think I think that would be way better. And and so you're saying keep the multiple maps because they have multiple maps. Yes, but keep them. Don't get rid of them where you could play, you know, maybe to like keep the maps that they currently have. Correct. Okay. I can I can get with that, and keep, bring back Verdansk. Yeah, bring back Verdansk. Have Verdansk eighty four. Have the map that they have. So wait uh, a minute. So Verdansk one, Verdansk eighty four. Before or after for before or after the crack, because you have three Verdansk maps. Because you had the bomb uh, that blew I up think in the you middle. Just use the two basic. Okay, so Verdansk, Verdansk eighty four. Uh, Caldera. Caldera. Then you and, have in the new map that they're make, gonna make. Well, they the, within the new map, but do you keep the um, what's rebirth? the rebirth? I think that will always be there. And then the new one they just made. They just there's brought another rebirth. That, there's too many people that like to play rebirth, right? They, so, they just put out a new rebirth map too, another small one. Yeah, that I don't yeah, know the name of because I don't so, play. So I think I think you keep all those. But the thing that I really want them to keep, but change. As like I said, with PUBG, there's different mechanics. So there's only one map on PUBG. It's their brand new one that you have a heartbeat sensor. Now everyone's like, oh, get rid of the heartbeat sensor. Get rid of dead silence. Get rid of all these things. What may, what I like about the way PUBG does it is it takes a weapon slot. 
So I would like them to keep the heartbeat sensor because I think it's effective and it is used. But I, I do. But think in PUBG, have, think, so here's they should have to give up a weapon. So slot. so here's my argument to that. In PUBG, you can carry two primaries. In Call of Duty, you can't without a perk. So what are you giving up? Your main weapon, and you're only carrying around a pistol. So like it doesn't work in the mechanic. In PUBG, you can give that slot up because you don't you don't get two primaries. In PUBG, you get two primaries and a pistol. You don't get that in Call of Duty without a perk. So are you saying in order to, you would have to say, in order to use the heartbeat sensor, you have to have the overkill perk yeah, on. Yeah, you gotta have the overkill perk. And then you put it in that slot as the heartbeat sensor. Correct. So, see, like, I see where you're going with it, but to get to that point, it's it's too much of a change. I just think w whether how you want to do it, I think I think there needs to be the heartbeat. I think is so effective is I think there needs to be more risk reward involved with it. I think you just make it rarer. Like the heartbeat sensor wasn't very rare. You could you well, I think we found one oh, almost all, every yeah. game. So I think you make it rare and. Uh, personally, I'm fine with you just removing it completely from the game because it didn't work half the time anyway because people were just running around with dead silence, so it didn't really matter. Um, so, like, at the end of the day, I think you have a system in PUBG that doesn't have a perk-based system but allows you to carry more primary weapons because it's all about gunplay and you know, super fast time to kill and things like that, whereas Call of Duty is all around perks and loadout attachments that they have on there. So maybe maybe heartbeat sensor is a perk right off the bat. Like you have to choose. You don't have to find it. Maybe you just start the match with it. Yeah. Um and you can't use it until whatever, you know, time base it, you know, it uh, it won't work until the third circle or something at that point, you know, so it's not overpowered, but I just think your 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 basis systems are very different between the two with how you load out your weapons at that point. But I am okay with keeping it unless it's used to kill me. Then I'm not okay with it. <laughs> um. All right. So what are the, some of the other things that have been interesting in Call of Duty? So we had the what slide canceling, the loadout system. You know what I want them to keep. And I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll get rid of it because it is their unique thing is the gulag. I love the gulag. I love the fact that you have the ability to come back. That's the one thing that, um, you know, the one thing, and, and we're playing a lot of PUBG now, so I'm sorry we're continuously referencing PUBG, but we played right before we got on here. Um, it's you know the closest thing that gets us Call of Duty type gameplay with uh, Escape from Targov gunplay, like right in the middle of where we're at. But having the gulag and the chance to come back into the game and completely flip your luck around, to me, hands down made Call of Duty my favorite game out there. Yeah. That system. Now, Fortnite, you have to, like, grab the key, go to the thing, and call them back in. That's how Apex is, too. You gotta and that's how Apex is. You grab the key, call back in. Call of Duty, you can win yourself back in, and your team can call you back in. I love that. It allows you to make big moves that completely, you know, nothing is better than dropping in, dying hot, 
and having that sense of like, oh shit, I don't have my gulag. I got to play this differently and, and, and winning a game. And there's also nothing better than at the end of the game, making an amazing call back into your teammate right before you die. And he's parachuting in over top and then he mm-hmm. ends up killing in the final. Like those moments were made and you know, maybe they made it for streaming. I don't know. But they, the adrenaline of those moments are so amazing. Now, PUBG has no callback in system. You die, you die. And one of the biggest things we have is finish your kills in PUBG so they can't play with their friends. <laughs> like, how many times do we, we yell that out? All, and I, I didn't even know that was a thing that you guys did. And I called out, like, at least I killed him. He doesn't get to play with his friend. Yeah. Like, he's got to wait till the end of the game because his friend's still alive. He may take me, but I'm taking that bastard down. Yeah. Especially when you're in a, against a team before, you're, you're like, mm-mm. No. We're getting one taken out. So I think the gulag needs to stay. Um, the simple inventory system. Um, people mention that on Reddit. I think that is true. Uh, I mean, you look at PUBG, how complicated. Which attachment goes here? Which att- like Some people like that. Um, Tarkov. But PUBG, I, I think those games are made for that. I think Call of Duty is just the the quickness yeah uh, i agree with everything being so simple auto attach there's only a handful of attachments to go on each individual gun um i think that speeds up the gameplay that's actually that's what i was gonna my my next thing was gonna be it wasn't about literally the attachments and the inventory system but more of keep the gameplay fast don't slow the game down to be like other and i don't think they'll do this but Call of Duty, the gameplay is hands down its own. There's no one out there. There's no movement system like it. There's nothing there. So keep the game fast. Um, But when you make a game fast, I'm not talking about making the time to kill fast. Like there, there's, there's a, there's a a middle ground there because it is an arcadey shooter. So I think when you start getting the time to kills that are way down there and super like, you know, two or three shots and you're down, you start losing that arcade feel of Call of Duty that you're supposed to have of being able to hide, turn around a gunfight, have a longer gunfight in the game. Yeah, outside of getting sniped, I hate getting dropped in two or three bullets just because the guy saw me first. Yeah, and, and we're, there's nothing you can do. No, we were definitely there and we were there in Verdance. That's why when Iron Trials came out, um, that's one thing I would love for them to keep is Iron Trials. Because Iron I mean, Trials, in my opinion, Iron Trials should have been the main game. That should have been the main game. I loved Iron Trials because you had more than enough time to make a play if someone saw you. Now, now you got hurt. Like you had to, you you definitely had to be able to get yourself healed up. You know, hide somewhere, make a play, have a teammate help you. It wasn't like you could just solo a four man game. But I also don't want you to get to the extreme of like. Uh, the cycle where there's it's impossible for you to solo a four man because the time to kills are too long and it all matters on what the gear you have. So there's a balance there, but call of duty gameplay and field needs to be fast. That that's what it's around. If you want to slow down, go play PUBG and run out of the blue wall over and over and over again. Like if you want to slow, slower game, go play, go play Tarkov. If you want slower game, Go play those games that are designed to be slower. Both Apex and Call of Duty need to stay fast. 
I'm not a hero shooter fan, but the pace of Apex is great. The movement in Apex is great. It's probably the one right next to Call of Duty movement-wise through that whole game. So I think those things today... Uh, was there anything else in the article we wanted to bring out? I'm, I'm looking at it now to make no, sure. No, I scrolled through it a little bit. There's not too much else there. It just kind of talks about the different features. Yeah. Um. Yeah, quick changes in inventory was, was a benefit. Fast-paced maps. So they're also saying keep the fast faster-paced maps. I, I don't know... I don't know if you need the the smaller maps in Call of Duty. I think the larger maps are better. Um, I would rather them keep a larger map and add more people. That could be. I mean, that, that like on on. I think they could do more where they have featured weeks. This week's one hundred and fifty people. Next week's yeah, like for a month, but don't take know. away the core gameplay. Correct. I hate when you do featured weeks and it's all you can play from them. Correct. So if you do a you featured a week, featured week, just yeah. like in PUBG, you have your featured week, but then you also have your random map selection. That's just the normal game. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much everything that we got going on there. Um, any other any other news from the week that you want to uh, bring in that that you got from your side over there, Mister James? Because these are all no. uh, my my thoughts. Um, we can wrap this up. I have been, I've had the Steam Deck for a little over a week and a half now. Oh, I got my PS5. And see, there you go. We've had some, uh, some revelations now being a Xbox fanboy and having PC gaming. Uh, one of the f- most exciting things about my Steam Deck coming in when it did is because Spider-Man remastered or remake or whatever they want to call it. Uh, PlayStation launched it to PC and I am happy to say that the Steam Deck, I've had more fun playing the Steam Deck in a week than I had with my Nintendo Switch for a year. Now, I, I, I will say that I'm not... I love playing Nintendo games with a group of friends. Um, I'm not the biggest Zelda fan. I always try it. I always think the games are amazing. It just doesn't grab my attention. I, I get bored with them. Um, but, man, I will say, Insomniac Games and PlayStation, man, did they? this game is, what, four or five years old? It's phenomenal. I've, so, I've had a blast. And the Steam it, Deck absolutely like handles it perfectly. So you're it playing so you're smooth. playing the original Spider-Man game. Yeah, and I'm playing the done. Miles Morales one because that was part of the Xbox or the PlayStation Premium Pass. I don't even know what the hell they call it that came in. And I have to say it has the best combat that I've seen since the first time I picked up God of War. And I would assume it's the same combat. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I think the like I think the moves are different because Miles has different abilities. But the way, uh, the but the way they move, the button pressing, the angles that they use, um, the pace, the speed—like you feel like you're just this, you know, flying Spider-Man through the sky, being able to do anything that you want, and the way that you can dodge things when you see it, and 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 you can dodge in the middle of anything. It's not like you have to finish something to be able to start to dodge no, and you have your spidey sense and, and the spidey sense. It's just, it's so insane. And, and then flying around the city is phenomenal. Dude, my son sat next to me for maybe 45 minutes, just in awe. He's four years old, just in awe of just flying around. And now, you know, we, we've got it hooked up to, you know, a 60 or, or whatever, 70 inch TV. And he's just standing there staring at it in 4k just flying yeah, through like everything. You just watching another. And it just their story. Their storytelling is is phenomenal. Honestly, it's it's 
the Spider-Man story for me right now rivals some of the best Spider-Man movies and the uh, some of the best animated. Oh, it's just better. The storytelling is phenomenal. It's well, I don't know. The last couple of Spider-Man movies have been pretty good, but it, it's hands down there. It rivals with it. it yeah, it, it, it's hands it down is, there up there. It's on par. Yep. With absolutely. With they you can tell they put a lot of care into this. The story really makes you have some feels in it. Um, and I, I've heard the same thing about the Miles Morales. So and the one thing I like finish this. The one thing I like a lot about the game is the way they seamlessly move you without any lag time from, from open world to cutscene back into open world, like it's flawless. Yeah. It's flawless, Sometimes, man. There's been multiple times where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm playing. Well, yeah. So there's this one. Uh, I'm not going to give the game away, but there's this one part where you're like running along, like you're chasing the bad guy. I'm not going to say who the bad guy is in the game if no one's played it. But you're chasing the bad guy. And then I'm like watching the cutscene, And then all of a sudden I'm like, I died. I'm like, well, how did I die? <laughs> It's because I wasn't running because I was like, oh, I was playing like it cut so seamlessly. Like I was like, I thought I was still in the cutscene. Like, this is amazing. And I, I don't know of another like superhero game that I can say where I'm like, this is hands down. Top game game of the year kind of material to talk about. You know, it's, yeah, it's it'll be, amazing. It'll be interesting to see what uh, um, Sony does. I believe it's Insomnia, Insomniac, right? That's making the new Wolverine game. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, um, that's cool. And then again, I, I'm going back through because uh, I haven't had. I I just saw it on there. I haven't had a, a PlayStation since like 2010 or 2011. So I got to go back and play all the God of Wars that I've missed over that time like i've watched them i've watched people play them and things you know played a little bit here and there so that's nice to have all of those but um i'm going to confirm something that james always says the psn pass sucks in comparison to the xbox pass (laughs) you have like game trials that's all you get any good game it's like oh here's a trial of it and then we have all of our old games that you can play. And it's like, I'm okay with playing the old games right now, but they're going to give me anything mainstream. Like obviously the Spider-Man games on there. That's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're choosing your game on like, Hey, how can I get a lot of games cheap? Xbox in their past is still the way to go. Like I've never had it. So I wasn't going to make my opinion on it now that I have it. Yeah, go go with the Xbox Game Passes. It's definitely worth more for your money than what you're getting on PlayStation. It is not is not worth that. All right, so anything fun coming up this week with you gaming wise? Or I think we're gonna. No, cons- I, cons- I, I would like to finish Spider Man, and then I think I'm going to jump in. Obviously, not having a PlayStation, I've never got to play a lot of their games, and I have really been um, told by a lot of people that I would really like Days Gone. So I think cool. after Spider-Man, I'm going to end up purchasing Days Gone and play that. Um, I'm going to play most of this stuff exclusively on my Steam Deck. I know that Spider-Man looks phenomenal. I've heard it on PC, but um, I really like having the uh, to-go console or sitting on the couch with um, my soon-to-be wife and just you know chilling there while she's watching something, and I'll, I'll pop in an earbud and and play the game. It just makes it super handy, and and uh, it's just fun. Like it just. 
the most fun handheld console I think I've ever had. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be trying to finish up the uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales and then probably end up buying the other Spider-Man to play. I'll do it backwards. I'll do this one first and then that one. <laughs> um, and then I might, I will probably go right into to God of War and start there because we have the new one that's coming out here soon. Um, what is it? Ragnarok or something like yeah. that. Um, that God of War is on PC as well. Yeah. The, so that's going to be on PC. I, you know, whether I play it on PC or PlayStation, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, it's going to be one of the two. I am going to try to start streaming from the PlayStation. Because uh, it is set up on my desk, so it's a short distance away from my computer. Uh, if I ever actually get my computer fixed, um, and can do the streaming again. But um, the other thing that we're gonna try probably bring here, um, I know we're just doing the audio of the podcast right now. We are gonna be bringing live video uh, through Twitch, and I think James, you said you were gonna go ahead and stream that through your channel. Yeah, and we'll be just streaming there and you can get a behind the scenes look at us setting up and all the BS that we talk all the way through us finishing up the podcast and depending on when we end at night you know finishing with some gameplay or if we play games beforehand you can uh, hear all of that different audio inside on uh, Twitch and go ahead and give them your Twitch there James so we know where that's at it is uh, James the third you're back to James the third it is James the third. That is um, across the board. James the third on everything. Um, just made it all equal. It's about um, time because you've been confusing me. Yeah, it's been really confusing. Uh, yeah, so just James the third. The E in James is a three, and then obviously third. With yep. Three, and then so. when I get back, uh, I am Ender underscore TV. Uh, you can catch us there. If you're a streamer out there listening to us and you kill us in PUBG, let us know. Um, also take a look at any of the other, uh, last choice network podcasts. I'm not sure the pace at which though, all of those are being done. James, you're more in tune there, but parents vs. gaming, you got Komichi Yeehaw. And then we have the last, uh, what the last choice on the left, last choice on the left, our horror podcast, our horror podcast, horror, which again is our most popular podcast out there, but they're still not putting out episodes, but it still gets downloaded, which shocks me. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be going into it. If you have any, have any can like want us to hit a topic, uh, go ahead and, you know, look us up the last choice network, uh, discord, come join the discord. Let us know what you want us to talk about and let us know the different things. We're always looking for content. Uh, let us know what you want us to change. Hit us up in the comments of the podcast. You can catch us on, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, anywhere there's podcasts we normally publish to. And I think that's all I got. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a great day, a great evening, a great night, whatever it may be. And we are out.